everybody, welcome to episode 59 of the Thodcast Conversations about Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, here in northern Minnesota. And today I'm joined by two wonderful guests. First off, we got returning to the show, Jody Blasky, coming to us from Georgia, and Hannah Lee Smart, also joining in from Minnesota. Hey, how is everyone doing? Feel free to jump in. If, if you talk over each other, I can fix it in oh, post. Okay, I'll go first because like, I'm honestly feeling a little bit of election fatigue. Um, so I'm really hoping that talking about a magical snowman is gonna really pump me up for like the country and the communities again. So I'm happy to be here and I know Hannah is too. Yeah, but I won't speak for her. <laughs> you, you have election fatigue, Hannah? Oh, I haven't slept. It's very much my speed. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been up all night um, worrying. But here's the thing. I am confident in the results. So Well, you're in the Twin Cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not nothing too chaotic going on down there, I can't imagine. Yeah, I think um, it was a bit um, wishful thinking in instilling fear hmm. by one party that we cannot <laughs> guess. But that's okay. We're here to talk about a snowman. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we, we won't belabor any election talk. Um, I think the, the presidential election is still like uh, up in the air as no. of this recording. Uh, but speaking of the president, I did have a fun fact for today, and I, th I thought it was appropriate. Um, the first ever fictional president depicted in film, according to Quentin Reviews on YouTube, is from a 1932 Max and Dave Fleischer cartoon, and that character is Betty Boop, who knew that our first fictional president uh, on film, at least, um, and if this YouTuber is correct, indeed, uh, was a, a female. How does that make you guys feel? It makes me feel like our dreams are staying dreams because when was that made? Like decades ago? And they're probably like, you know, in a couple years, we'll probably have a female president. So this makes sense. And then decades passed and like, here we are, two white men battling to the finish. <laughs> but it, it's actually really cute and i mean i'd vote for betty boop 1932 were either of our candidates alive in 1932 i i'd have to double check yeah they were there no not 1932 maybe like 1940 something but not 1930 something let's see joe biden was born november 20th like 19 1942. Dang it. And let's see. I think Trump is right around there, too. Um, let's see. Just one second. Yeah, he's not much younger. Let's see. What's the deal? Internets. Curse you. Yeah, you have to. Uh, you guys can still hear me, right? We can hear yep. you loud and clear. Okay. Well, um, it's possible IMDb is broken uh, because there are too many people trying to look up Donald Trump's age. 
<laughs> I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, Betty Boop, 1932, her opponent in that short film was uh, an anthropomorphic stick named Mr. Nobody. <laughs> um, and I think a year later, William Randolph Hearst, Hearst uh, commissioned a film, like a live action film that also featured a fictional president I saw in my research. And that, that also is a candidate for the first depiction of a, a fictional president. But um, I, I think that was 1933. So I think Betty Boop has William Randolph Hearst beat. Um, yep, Donald Trump, June 14th, 1946. All right. Well, now that that's over with, let's get into some frozen talk. <laughs> Everyone, how about warm hugs all around? Yes, we're talking frozen today. Uh, going back to the namesake of the Thodcast. It's been a, approximately a year since we've last spoken about frozen. Uh, how is, <laughs> it's been a crazy year, hasn't it, guys? It really has. And when they announced that they were doing this short, I remember hearing about it when quarantine had just begun. And they were like, oh, we're going to come out with this Olaf short. And I remember sharing it on social media and being like, yes, like this is what we need a little bit of magic, like during these hard times. And I thought the short was super cute. And I'm not typically a short fan. Like I like the longer movies better. Um, but this was cute. It was fun to have like a little behind the scenes look at you know, someone else's perspective during these times in Arendelle. Yeah, Once Upon a Snowman, directed by Dan Abraham and Trent Corey. It's approximately seven minutes uh, and change. And um, it's not, not to be confused with the short Olaf uh, sequences, animated sequences that were... Um, I think unveiled on like Josh Gad's Instagram or his Twitter. Remember that? Like he had done some quarantine phone in. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like a whole like series of shorts. There's like Olaf at home and all the different ones. And that's like why they're so short. They're yeah. like extra short shorts. But, um, and Josh Gad also did all the readings as Olaf on his social medias to kind of raise awareness for different things and um, kind of his own personal assistance. Gad has been very active on social media, uh, doing work as Olaf, you know, in, in the character, in the voice of the character. Uh, and uh, yeah, that ultimately some of that uh, made it into animated form. Um, but yeah, this was an original concept, Once Upon a Snowman, that's maybe been in the works since uh, Frozen 2, uh, probably got greenlit prior to the release of Frozen 2. Um, but and, and this is, is separate. I, I don't know uh, if, oh, if Gad recorded the lines during quarantine, potentially, um, but I, I don't know too much about the conception of Once Upon a Snowman, other than it's a film, a short film, uh, apparently following the events of Olaf's creation and how he comes to find Anna and Kristoff in the wilderness. And I guess he goes on a series of madcap adventures throughout the Arendelle wilderness before we finally catch up with him in the original Frozen. 
at least if this short film is to be believed. I know how how does it? Uh, I'll go back to you, Hannah. Like how how does this film fit within the Frozen uh, chronology? It, does it does it work? Does it not? So I think it. Um, I liked how they used different parts of the movie because I just think that it reminded me of parts of the movie and like little one-liners that I didn't remember from before. Um, I loved the little um, Oak and Sauna part of it. I thought that was so funny and I cannot get enough of that guy. Um, I think he's hilarious. And as someone from Minnesota, I definitely think like the Norwegian stereotypes really speak to me. And I think it's pretty funny um, how generationally you can almost see you're like, oh, I know that guy. He's very, very funny to me. Um, and I loved the, um, his just Olaf's little one-liners, you know, like the naked Norwegian joke <laughs> in there. And he had several throughout that I do think still fit within the Frozen franchise. And I think Disney was smart to use animation that I'm sure they already kind of had on deck and also use audio that they already had um, from the previous movie. Mm -hmm. And they were still able to keep that same Frozen quality. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I agree with you. The animation, I feel like it would be easy for Disney to ride the coattails of Frozen and kind of let their guard down when it comes to being perfectionist with the animation but the animation in this short was just as good as like the the original film if not better obviously because they've had years of practice um with this look but i i always like what they do with frozen because i feel like they don't pull any really cheap punches like i the sequel was amazing and stood on its own this little short was super cute and stood on its own um and i feel like it would be so easy to just tape the word frozen onto any little Christmas Wonderland and people be like, oh, it's frozen. I'm going to buy it. But I feel like Disney takes it really seriously and still puts like 100% into the little details. Yeah, Which because they've built that brand so much and spent so much doing it, it would be a disservice to themselves to knock it at all. So this short starts off uh, mid let it go. <laughs> Elsa has already begun singing, you know, the anthem let it go from Frozen and you know, this uh, short film depicts that event as something that really like happened in, in the real world, so to speak. It's, it's a fully diegetic experience, which I mean, you know, it's a cartoon. You can, it can take as many liberties with realism as it wants. Uh, didn't we see Elsa's cape just float off into the distance though? I feel like it's a contradiction to show it crashing into Olaf like it does, but you know, I can forgive but that too. As someone who lives in Minnesota, you know how wild the winds can be. Like it could have flown up and away and then back down again, Delta airplane style and hit him in the face. It's absolutely true. Yeah, so he gets tumbled off into, uh, <laughs> or down a hill, I suppose. He gets sent down the mountain uh, because you know he gets knocked down by the Cape uh he what figures out his he's kind of i mean he becomes conscious you see him ask you know who am i it's kind of like forky <laughs> you know he uh he doesn't really yeah. know his purpose but he's at least conscious and he, he can speak but he doesn't I like know. that that ties it into you know him being sort of introspective like that 
it's cool that he's been doing that, you know, from, from the genesis of his life, because in the sequel, I kind of felt like there was a disconnect with how deep Olaf was trying to be with his thoughts and his feelings. But this little short almost makes it seem like, wait, no, that's been Olaf's character all along. He's always been a little philosopher made out of snow. So I kind of liked that element of him, like thinking of himself, like I'm walking in snow and I'm snow. Does, you know, like really questioning everything. I, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I think well, that's something. And it brings back into his character what we talked about when Frozen 2 came out, kind of Olaf's like childlike wonder that's um, like, you know, the little kid always asking questions like, how does that work? What is this? Yeah, something that probably appeals to kids quite a bit. Uh, Jody, you mentioned that you watched this while sitting next to your two-year-old nephew, and he wasn't really having much of it. And I wonder if that could be, because this movie, it's, it's not the most like exciting to look at. It's set in mostly fairly low light um, at, at nighttime. Uh, could that be why? Yeah, I think so. Um, because I mean, the scenes that he loves most um, from the original Frozen are like the summer song and obviously like Let It Go, which are kind of like bright, really energetic scenes. Um, but I mean, from the get-go, he really didn't like it because he was so unnerved with uh, there not being a carrot for Olaf's nose. It just didn't, he's two, so like he's used to seeing Olaf with the carrot nose. So he kept pointing going, nose, nose, no, no, no. So like, I think he did have like a rocky start. So he's probably not their like go-to audience anyway. But yeah, it's it's not as captivating as probably other shorts might be that are brighter and lighter and musical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that brings us to Wandering Oaken's trading post. Um, you hear Kristoff singing in the barn. Reindeers are better than people. Uh, as Olaf approaches the entrance to Oaken's post uh the, the door suddenly <laughs> swings open and it's anna coming out and you know olaf it's a typical cartoon you know character gets uh <laughs> smashed by a door <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, she is totally oblivious of course um and he you know obviously doesn't encounter anna just then he goes into the store you see Anna's dress is for sale for 55 kroner. I was wondering if that's a lot or a little because a dress like that should be like a lot of money because it was the princess's coronation gown. So did anyone <laughs> look up what like a 55, like how much but that But does was? that guy even know? Like, um, yeah. Well, I mean, if she's the princess of this whole kingdom, they should know who they are. I don't know. I mean, but but right before then, there was actually a really funny scene where you can hear Kristoff uh, singing like, reindeers are better than people. And then Olaf goes, ha ha, barn songs. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our barn songs. Is that, I mean, it's a funny joke devoid of context. Is that is that supposed to be a reference to anything? I don't think so. I think I it's think just, just like calling him a hick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, if, as if Olaf is so street smart with his 30 minutes of life, like it's, he's smarter it's, than like all of us combined. Yeah, he is certainly, you know, not self-conscious of his own, you know, naivete. Um, he, he does think he kind of has 
a degree of street smarts, despite you know having no experience out on the streets itself. But uh, the uh, extra the extra <laughs> exchange rate for the Norwegian krone to United States dollar is such that uh, fifty five Norwegian kroner comes to five dollars and ninety cents. <laughs> Well, also the era. Yeah, I mean, it's a, so I guess five dollars ninety cents back then, you know, would be maybe twelve dollars. amount. <laughs> I mean, it'd, it'd probably be more like hundred dollars nowadays. Yeah, I was just gonna say probably in the hundreds because like mm-hmm. the U.S. dollar has really like well. Yeah. We were on a good track for a while there. <laughs> um, no, and we learn of Olaf's knack for anagrams um and we we first find out about this in um frozen fever the short film uh set on honest birthday yeah (laughs) and uh olaf like the the sign that that reads you know in individual letters happy birthday anna gets like knocked down and olaf uh puts it back up and the letters are totally out of order, and it reads uh, "dry banana hippie hat." Oh, <laughs> do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty hilarious joke. But we learned that uh, wandering Oaken or wandering Oakins is a an anagram for naked Norwegians. I wonder, I wonder if that if was. I thought of- Oh, sorry. You're probably going to ask. I was going to say the same thing. Go ahead. I wonder if that's something that Disney like was giggling about when they made the original Frozen and then they finally let us in on the big secret or if they were like, huh, how can we make this quirky? You know, I I was wondering that myself is is when they realized that. That's a great question. I have no idea. However, um, in the Frozen Broadway show, there is a there's a little set piece um, where this show kind of takes a break. It's like right after the um, intermission and it, it uh, there's an entire musical number dedicated to Norwegian culture and the concept of Hygge uh, and it's spelled H Y G G E. So there's a song in the frozen Broadway version uh, called Hygge and it involves a lot of implied nudity because it's based around, you know, the culture of, of the sauna and, and a bunch of, the entire chorus is dressed up as though they're going sauna bathing, uh, which is just them basically wearing nothing uh, with a few just subtle. Uh... Yeah, I remember when that first came out, parents got really upset about the whole like leaf sober the leotards and they were like we were not expecting disney to do this to our kids yeah they're holding like holly leaves or something Mm -hmm. um and yeah they're wearing these of course they're wearing flesh colored um body suits so there's no actual nudity Uh, (laughs) but it's kind of hilarious so yeah i mean there's uh, you know disney can get a little uh you know racy <laughs> yeah yeah the the people behind frozen they they like to make some you know, subtle innuendo from time to time they keep us on our toes and i was wondering if this 
this short film was going to get into like Oaken and his family. And, you know, it's heavily implied that Oaken is gay. Like there's a, you know, dude who's in the sauna in the original uh, Frozen. And then he turns up in, I think it's uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Um, and, you know, he's implied to be like Oaken's partner. And then, I, I don't know if it's their kids or whatever that are the, the kids that you see in the sauna in the original Frozen. Uh, but none of those characters show up in this. Yeah, no, you don't really actually meet any new characters, do you, in this movie? Or, or like, mm-hmm. you don't really, I mean, it's essentially just Olaf with teeny tiny bits of mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah, the only new dialogue is spoken by Olaf and Oaken. And yeah, the, you don't see any other human characters besides, you know, o, uh, Oaken, Anna, Kristoff, and Elsa. But what's iconic is like, you realize that Oaken's the one that really got Olaf stuck on the idea of summer. Because, you know, in the movie, again, it's like, how did Olaf like even know what summer was if he was born in the winter? And it's like, ah, it's mm-hmm. all coming together now. I did not like like the little noises and stuff that he made when he was like looking through the <laughs> what thing on his eyes. Like when yeah. they put the thing on his eyes and he's like, oh, la, la, la. like that was too much for me. I was like, what the heck? I didn't really notice. I didn't notice the sounds, but now I'm honestly going to rewatch that to see what yeah, you did not like about. it. I liked it because all the scenes that come up on that little machine are scenes from his actual musical number. Like the backgrounds that he sees, those are all backgrounds from when he's tap dancing with the seagulls and like laying on the beach. Cute. They just oh, yeah. cycled them. They just put them in still frames. <laughs> Disney style. There you go. <laughs> on a budget too. Like they're cutting all their employees day and night. Yeah. I thought there might be some Easter eggs in that little slideshow, the little 3D um, headset that Olaf is wearing like but nothing you know sneaky necessarily the only real easter egg element to that is yeah the fact that it's kind of reused images from the original frozen and, and the um in summer sequence and they of course um allude to the musical number as well the the music cue that plays during that scene is just an instrumental version of in summer um, but yeah, that, that is included, you know, that's one aspect of the nose gag that uh, is a, probably one of the inciting moments of the entire short film, <laughs> you know, with Oaken uh, providing an, a humorous um, assembly of items that Olaf has as options to use as a nose. Um, what did you think of that scene? Eh, I could have done without that part. I don't know why I didn't laugh. I only thought it was cute when he took the summer sausage nose and fed it to the wolf. But I didn't really care yes. about him trying on the different noses, pretty woman style. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cute that he gave it to the wolf. Mm-hmm. But I did not like that they put a sausage on his nose. <laughs> but it's a summer sausage because he loves summer. No, it wasn't clever or cute to me. It was weird. And I didn't like how it was like dangling there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I could see both sides. 
Yeah, that was that was a bit of a, a bold choice. But, you know, it's a summer sausage. It's something that Oaken would have for sale, you know. And, uh, yeah, the, the gag of the alternate noses um, includes a little mini Arendelle flag, one of those paddle balls, you know, with the string, um, a snow globe, which I believe is the knickknack snow globe from an early Pixar short film. Did you... Uh, recognize that? I didn't. Okay, I think I was, did not notice. Yeah, it was a short film that came before. Might have been uh, Monsters Inc. in theaters. They showed one of their earliest animated shorts uh, from the studio. Uh, I think it was completed in like the late eighties. Is that the one with the birds? No, nineteen. Uh, the birds might have been. Monsters, Inc. That actually does ring a bell. Um, so maybe it was Finding Dory, which had the, um, the knick-knack short film. Um, and yeah, it was, it's the one with the snowman who's in a snow globe and he's trying to escape, comes up with all kinds of you know, wily coyote gags. <laughs> to <try laughs> <to escape. laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's what that's trying to um, to uh, reference. And then there's a green beverage. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. I recently watched an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where um, there's a bottle of Aldebaran or Aldebaran whiskey. <laughs> and uh, so thought of that, but I don't know what beverage in real life that comes in like a whiskey bottle is actually colored green. Um, absinthe okay uh, maybe uh, yeah <laughs> is it absinthe <laughs> uh i don't know my hard liquors very well um let's see there's a plunger which is kind of anachronistic i don't think plungers were invented until you know well into the 20th century uh, but i could be wrong um there's that comb it looks like a walter cronkite mustache um, a live fish, uh, and then, yeah, comes the 3D goggles, which would imply that this movie was, this little short film, you know, intended for perhaps theaters where people could watch it in 3D. Not sure what film it would have shown before. I don't know, what, what Disney movies were scheduled for at the end of this year? Little Mermaid live action or no? Ah, um, there's a oh, I think it's later next year. The Raya one is going to be like the next big one, I think. Yeah, yeah, we haven't even mentioned that on this show yet. Uh, Disney recently released I'm their very first. Excited for it. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. Their first trailers for um, uh, Raya or Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think, I, right, I think they pronounce it Raya in the trailer. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's uh, going to be released March 12th, 2021, apparently. Barring, you know, further quarantine, you know, chaos. Yeah, I, I don't know if Olaf's uh, or Once Upon a Snowman was originally intended for theatrical release or not. But um, the only way to watch it in 3D, I imagine, is if you can watch it on like a 3D or an HD, um, what, what do you call that? 
the Oculus? A vir- yeah, a virtual reality headset. <laughs> I actually think all of these little Olaf short films were almost like um, because of lockdown and stuff like that. That is possible. Because I, they didn't yeah. announce them until like April. You're you're probably right. I just uh, I'm wondering why there's such an explicit, you know, 3D moment when I don't think you can watch movies in 3D. Well, I mean, 3D home video, you know, they tried to make it a thing. You know, there there are 3D DVDs you can or um, Blu-rays, I should say, that have been released, but I you, I think they're rarely a thing um, nowadays. Um, but maybe there'll eventually be like a 3D option uh, streaming on Disney Plus and, and 3D I TVs. I feel like there will be stuff that starts moving in that direction, especially because, I mean, with the world right now, so many unknowns, I feel like mm-hmm. people are going to get really innovative with at-home entertainment and making it as great as it can be because like we're all obsessed with entertainment whether we're at home or out and about so i wouldn't be surprised if that's like the next step that they start walking towards yeah i don't even think there are any like commercially available 3d tvs anymore that kind of fell out of fashion because it was just i don't know not very practical when the price point was just um also yeah our big tv in our my living room is a 3d tv and when it first came out that's right when we got it and there's like there wasn't enough movies that were coming out in 3d to like make it worth it so like we never use it Hmm. have you ever yeah there was um when it first came out we got it as like a i don't know some sort of a package thing Mm -hmm. i guess um and i remember when we like opened it it came with like a 3D Harry Potter movie and another 3D movie. This was years ago. But I do think 3D TVs were kind of irrelevant for a second. Mm-hmm. Might come back as the technology improves, but certainly VR is catching on quite a bit. And I think there's a whole Frozen-themed VR experience as well. Ooh. I'm not sure if it's out. Um, I don't have a VR headset. Maybe one day on the show we'll talk about some more VR-related stuff. Uh, but yeah, moving on, uh, Olaf does know that carrots are the appropriate uh, you know, type of nose for him, even though he never did have a carrot as a nose, did he? Even when he was first constructed. No, he was noseless. That was Sebastian's big observation. Yeah. <laughs> he gets chased by wolves because the... The, the processed meat of the summer sausage is highly uh, aromatic and attractive to wolves. And, and yeah, he ends up kind of leading the wolves across the path of uh, Anna and Kristoff when they're in the sleigh. Uh, and then the, co- the wolves suddenly start chasing after the sleigh. I don't know if that's because they smell more food on, on the, on Kristoff and his, you know, whatever he's packing. <laughs> but um, that's how that ensues, apparently. Um, and then Olaf, you know, there's a lot of uh, hijinks with him just tumbling around and, you know, the limbs are going all <laughs> every which way. Somehow they magically stay together so that he can reform himself, you know, at the end of the chase. Um, 
And then he ends up down at the bottom of the ravine where the sleigh falls. And before the sleigh comes crashing down, he does see a single, you know, uh, carrot sticking in the snow and is all excited. He almost had it. And then in dramatic movie fashion, the whole thing just explodes. Why do they do that in movies? I still to this day will be like driving my car and if I hear sound, like a sound or like smell a smell, I'm like, oh my gosh, my car is about to explode. But like that does not happen in real life. But these movies, it happens so often that I'm like convinced that my car will explode one day. Yeah, there's a lot of unrealistic portrayals of vehicle explosions in film and uh, <laughs> The explosion in Frozen is, you know, much more of just a parody, like a lampoon of, of that. Um, but yeah, Olaf does get flung a fair ways <laughs> by this explosion. I don't know what was in that sleigh. I can't imagine Kristoff had like TNT with him, but who knows? Well, you got to be careful out in those woods. Never know when you might need some explosives to uh, break loose some especially stubborn ice. <laughs> Actually, I'm sure that, well, I don't know anything about ice harvesting, but you would think if they needed to like, okay, never mind. This is going to get us way off topic. Yes, dynamite. Dynamite, yeah. <laughs> to harvest ice. People tasting like gunpowder in their ice cubes <laughs> that they use. Um, yeah uh let's see we that's basically it for the short film there's a one of the wolves comes up to olaf and uh snuggles him yeah (laughs) i thought that part was really endearing like i wasn't all about the short like i thought it was cute but then when you hear the little echo of olaf's memory where she's like do the magic do the magic and then he remembers sort of that he's Olaf and he likes warm hugs I loved that I thought that was a really great ending for this short oh I, I was crying yeah <laughs> the the fact that that you know inspires in him the memory of being played with uh, back when on and Elsa were young and you know he is bestowed with the property of being a snowman who likes warm hugs. I thought it was interesting that instead of being genie-like, where he would know what's kind of going on, Olaf literally had no clue, like, even who he was, you know? Because mm-hmm. he could, they could have totally played it as he was trapped in, like, Elsa's being or something, and, like, they just really simplified it and were like, nope, he knew nothing. Yeah, I, I kind of buy that, like, he knows certain things about the world just because, yeah, his consciousness ultimately stems from Elsa. Um, but, like, you know, th- this does explain, like, oh, he has a knack for anagrams. Oh, he, he loves summer because Oaken, you know, showed him what summer is like. Um, and I don't know. We <laughs> This... It kind of explains why the wolves attack the sleigh. Uh, I mean, wolves, if they're exposed to a sudden winter storm in the middle of summer, I can imagine that would provoke them to act erratically and attack, you know, people out in the wilderness. Because wolves don't really attack people, right? Mm, 
aren't they the ones that can stalk people? Oh no, that's cougars. Yeah, I don't think wolves do anything to humans. Well, the other thing about wolves is like they would like harvest and like hibernate. Yeah, but if they weren't given the opportunity, it would essentially like invoke their systems of like. Yeah, I mean, it's set during the summer, but there's the the winter curse. And so, yeah, the the wolves would be. The wolves would probably be in shock. They'd be like, what is going on? We don't have time to grow our second coat of fur. Like it was just. Yeah, wait, wolves don't hibernate. (laughs) What am I talking about? Some. Bears hibernate, but wolves don't hibernate. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they they do probably. They? I I don't think they do necessarily, but they probably like go into a state of lessened uh, activity during the winter time. You know, most animals do. They could, they probably kind of huddle up, hunker down, um, in some ways. Hmm. But yeah, I don't think they quite go on like a long term. But yeah, the, the one wolf, you know, gets the sausage, but I, I can imagine that that wolf will later um, share <laughs> the sausage with other wolves, maybe, maybe its own pups. Um, but we don't see that. They may be contemplated animating a scene of the wolf returning to its pack and uh, regurgitating this sausage, which would have been kind of gross, but, but realistic at the same time. I can't imagine. That makes me think of the mangy little uh, Jungle Book CGI horrible movie that came out earlier this year. Do you guys remember it? Oh. It wasn't a Disney movie, but it was animated, and the animation was horrible. You remember the wolves? All right. No. So is this the Andy Circus Jungle Book movie? Did that come out within the last two years? I, I think it was within the last two years. Not not this year. Um, I'll look it up. Andy Circus Jungle Book. Um, and the title of that one was Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Uh, yes, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Yeah, 2018, um, I believe Netflix Yep, it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, the, I remember seeing some images from that and that the animation didn't look quite as realistic as the Disney Not one. even as close as this animated um, wolf on, on Frozen, on this Frozen short. They look horrible. <laughs> you, you do see him feeding from his, uh, <laughs> his wolf yeah, mother. Yeah, you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, um, let's see. Any any other fun directions we can go in from this? Uh, oh, the that one Frozen VR experience premiered on Oculus Quest on June 11th, 2020. It's called Myth, A Frozen Tale. Uh, it's an animated short. Um, I think it's only around three minutes long uh, around there. It's narrated by Evan Rachel Wood immerses viewers in the world of the film and introduces you to elemental spirits in a truly unique spellbinding way directed by Jeff Gibson. Um, Let's see, previously directed the studio's first VR short, Cycles. Well, that's pretty cool to check out. I mean, I don't have the gear to like try it, but I bet it's pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) Oculus Quest. Um, so the, yeah, this movie was directed by Dan Abraham and Trent Corey, who I have uh, actually interacted with at 
Walt Disney Studios, um, they were hosting a Q&A when I went to see Frozen 2 at Disney Animation at their screening room a year ago. Uh, it was a super fun time. I got to tour Walt Disney Animation. Um, it's literally the, the coolest place on earth, in my <laughs> humble opinion. <laughs> um, you're just walking around. I mean, this obviously cutting edge uh, filmmaking and animation technology that they use there. And um, you've got this great like commissary area, you know, the famous caffeine patch located up there um, you know we got a nice catered meal um and during during the lunch you know these guys dan and trent uh did their little trivia and q a which was really fun um actually won a signed olaf drawing from dan i don't know if you guys can see here uh Aww, i love it cute. yeah <laughs> Did they sign it? I don't see the signature. It's uh, yep, autographed by Dan Abraham. Um, do you see that? Yeah. I didn't get it inscribed. Uh, I didn't actually go up like in person. After you know, there's kind of a line of people who went up and just talked to them uh, after the Q and A. But um, I, I kind of just went down to the, uh, the silent auction area, which was the next thing that we did before starting the movie. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's an awesome place. Um, it, it's hard to get access to the animation studios as a, in terms of like going on tours and things. Um, but it every so like often, such a thing of a past now, like hearing about people going on like live tours and like visiting things <laughs> in person. It's like that's never going to happen for a while. So you're lucky you got the chance to experience that. Extremely lucky. Um, it was it was truly one of the best days ever. Um, but yeah, Trent uh, he was is a cool guy. He started out as uh, like a production assistant. He's he's around my age. Um, and then he became like an animation supervisor on um, Frozen 2. And uh, yeah, be has now become one of the leading uh, stewards, one of the leading custodians of the Frozen franchise. Um, and then Dan Abraham has been around a bit longer. Uh, he was an animator on Space Jam um, but has been with Disney Animation for a while. Um, I don't know if they would remember me, maybe. <laughs> I asked a, a couple questions and answered some, some trivia, and I almost was able to recite the nine old men, um, but you know, I, I didn't quite have the courage to <laughs> volunteer. I don't think I would have been able to. What was the most interesting thing that they said there? Like, I'm just curious, like, if anything blew your mind from the animators. That's a good question. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, I, it almost seems as though it, they picked the two of them to host it because they were working on their own little personal side project. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Um, I, they, did I learn anything about Frozen that I didn't already know? Uh, maybe just little bits here and there. I, I think Trent was maybe a supervisor on um, Bruni, the the salamander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
he drew a lot of little pictures of him. I think Dan may have supervised Olaf, considering he drew this picture. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I just know that, you know, in Frozen 2, like the animation had improved quite a bit and um, it's, it's a bit more photorealistic than the original Frozen. Um, when, when this short film started, it didn't look like the rendering had really changed from the original Frozen, but it's low light. It's very hard to tell. So I, I don't know. I, I would maybe imagine that they just totally redid everything to match, but um, maybe they did just use footage from the original Frozen um, and then just kind of... Wiggled it all around. Yeah. That'd be... Yeah, I uh, can't say I can think of anything else too pertinent from that event and maybe we'll talk more about it but i know you got to go jody so i just want to thank you both for joining any last uh things to say otherwise uh, go ahead and plug any social media you want to you want to get i don't think i have anything more to say on it it was short it was sweet it's something i'll hopefully watch again when sebastian can accept that a snowman doesn't need to have a nose. Um, and if you want to, I have Instagram, obviously, and it's Jody Pulaski, J-O-D-I-P-O-L-A-S-K-Y. And I'll be here next week. And I'm going to be super excited to talk to you guys about the series Over the Garden Wall. We were going to talk about it tonight, but you'll have to tune in next time to hear about it. And you can find me on Instagram too. I'm Hannah Lee, L-E-I-G-H, Ever After. And... <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the garden wall too. Yes, yes. Uh, tune in next time. We're going to be talking about some television animation over the garden wall. This is going to be a nice little uh, departure from kind of a lot of the stuff that we've been talking on about lately. Although this is a very autumnal themed series as well, over the garden wall. So check that out and then catch us next time on the Thodcast. Uh, and with that, um, always great to talk about a subject that reminds us of the importance of warm hugs and so you all out there thanks for tuning into the thodcast conversations about animation have a magical day a wonderful week and of course warm hugs but remember to social distance you the magic